Don't kick stuff on the way as it goes. I'm going to put this down here. Hey, we're so glad that you have joined us. And uh, I want to encourage you. Uh, oh, Holy Night was really fun for us as a team uh, to put together. It really was. And uh, it, it is actually available on all platforms. So whether you listen on Apple Music, Spotify, you can find it there. Um, the video is actually going to be right here on our YouTube channel straight after this gathering. So you can watch the video again, share it far and why there's something special about this season. There's something special about Advent. Um, there's something special about a time where we will prepare our hearts for the coming of Jesus, for Him actually entering into humanity, to enter into all of history, understanding our struggle because He actually would be born into a poor family, that actually He would be born into lack. And so when He speaks of those who are in lack and looks at those who are in lack, He understands their struggle. He knows that the struggle is real. And there's this moment in the calendar every single year no matter who we are, where we actually get to lovingly search our hearts, prepare our hearts again to look at Jesus coming back to us. And so I wanna encourage you, we've been uh, looking at this Advent theme um, through this year, and it's been through this lens, heaven on earth. And I think it's so appropriate because it really is a potent theme for the season we are in. It's a potent theme because actually Jesus didn't come to earth to get you into heaven. He actually came to earth to get heaven into you. And so he is the bridge between heaven and earth, an earth that was fallen, a heaven where he was ruling and reigning and actually said, this is, this is something I can put aside to redeem my people. And so as he came down and took on flesh, I love how, I love how the, the message phrases it. Um, you will know the verse, Emmanuel, God with us, uh, that he actually moved into our neighborhood. I love that idea that he moved into the neighborhood, that he, he knew what it meant to take on flesh, to struggle as we do. And he came to declare a kingdom over eternity. He came to actually um, set apart us with eternity in our hearts. Ecclesiastes chapter three speaks about that, that God has actually placed eternity in the hearts of man. And so this Christmas, I wanna encourage you on this Christmas Eve, uh, wherever you're streaming from, wherever you might find yourself, that this goes way beyond any Christmas story. This goes way beyond any uh, sharing of presents. This goes way beyond any great lunch we could have. All of that stuff is good. Let this Christmas be one where we focus in and look to Jesus, the one who actually crossed the boundary of heaven and earth for us. I wanna bring you a message today and I've given it the title, The Joy of Heaven. You'll know that if you've been in traditional circles during the time of Advent, traditionally the last theme in Advent is always joy. And it's, it comes back to Luke chapter two, a moment where uh, you have the shepherds and they're greeted uh, by angels who pronounce that Jesus is coming, that he will be born. And this is how they say it in verse 10. And the angel said to them, fear not for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who's Christ the Lord. I think this idea of joy is something so important for us as we walk out of 2021 and walk into 2022. 
I think it's something we need to grab a hold of, knowing that it is a gift that is given to us by God, given to us in the form of Jesus. Because this Christmas season is so full of language that has to do with joy or rejoicing. You'll find it everywhere. I'm sure you've got baubles on your tree that say rejoice. And yet this thing that we so desire and this thing that fills uh, our, our Christmas uh, uh, propaganda, somehow in real life, in day to day, in uh, January to November, is something that we find so elusive. It's almost that thing we so desperately desire and want, but don't quite know how to grab hold of it and how to receive it. I think it's because so often we have a wrong definition of what true joy is. And because we have a wrong definition, we don't understand the path that we need to walk to actually find it, to grab hold of it. Jesus is the joy. He is the good news of great joy to us. Now, as you look at biblical teaching around joy, it's interesting because there's so many verses that give you a very different picture to what the world believes joy is all about. You'll read verses where it says, counted all joy when you face trials of many kinds. You'll read verses that say, well, the joy of the Lord is my strength. It's not my strength. It's not my joy. It's actually the joy of the Lord. And it paints a very different picture to what the world believes. Because the world believes that actually um, joy is simply just happiness on steroids. Really, really big happiness. But that's not quite the case. True biblical joy actually is not circumstantial. It's eternal. So happiness in, the, in a moment can be killed by circumstance. Joy cannot. Happiness will work from the outside in. When things are good on the outside, they'll be good on the inside. However, joy is quite different because joy works from the inside out. It doesn't matter that there's chaos or darkness or uncertainty on the outside. What you find in the depths of your soul because Jesus is the gift, the joy of heaven and he's present and active in your life, in your heart, in your faith. You walk very differently because you walk this life joyfully. And I really believe we're walking into 2022 very differently to how we walked into 2021. I don't know if you've felt it. I felt it just in conversations I've had. I felt it in, uh, in moments I've had, whether it's in the shops or talking to mates around a braai. I think walking into 2021, having had the year of 2022, having walked through COVID the first year number one, we walked in with a lot of trepidation and fear and uncertainty and darkness, not knowing what would come. But amazingly, I think things are starting to turn around that the conversation is slightly different walking into 2022. It seems there's a freshness. It seems that there is actually a, a, a hope that this is gonna be a year of great growth and a year of expansion, and I really believe that that's what it will be. And because we're walking into what feels like a new and fresh season, I think it's so important because this is always important when you walk into a new season, where on, when you're on the threshold of something new, is to not miss what God is doing in the now that's setting you up for what he will do then. And I really believe we cannot walk out of 2021 and walk into the new of 2022 without grabbing a hold of this, of the true joy of Jesus. Because if we don't understand that we can walk this life in the midst of darkness and uncertainty joyfully, then I think we've missed Jesus in the whole equation. I wanna encourage you, um, with this passage. I was drawn to Hebrews chapter 12 uh, in getting ready for today. I'm gonna read the passage. I'm gonna give you kind of our roadmap and then I'm gonna pray and we're gonna hit this. 
At the very beginning of Hebrews chapter 12, it starts out like this. The writer of Hebrews has just laid out an argument, a long case study for what it means to have faith. He's gone deep. And then he turns at verse 1 in in Hebrews chapter 12 where he says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. I just wanna talk to you today under this message of the joy of heaven with two big headings. The first one is the root of joy and the second is the result of joy. Why don't you pray with me and we'll get into it. Father God, on this 24th of December, Christmas Eve gathering, wherever we find ourselves uh, at home, across the country, across the world, Lord, I, I find it such a privilege that we have this moment in our calendar, not just our calendar, the world's calendar, where yes, we will get uh, our focuses thrown at things like presents, get our focus thrown at things like times with family. We'll get our things thrown at, at things that aren't necessarily bad in themselves. But Lord, we can't miss the moment that there is a focus on you, that the world focuses on a moment where you entered into history, a moment where Jesus, you came and you took on the form of a baby where you took on our weakness, where you limited uh, your glory so that you could initiate the means for our redemption and our salvation. Lord, we have so much on this day to celebrate. We have so much on this day to take out uh, of this message, so much joy to walk away from this with. And it's really my prayer that we would be struck again, that you would reveal again the joy of heaven, the joy that is you, the gift that is Jesus, the gift that you gave, that you were the one who so loved us that you gave us your son. And Lord, would we see that joy? Would we walk away different and changed by the truth of your word? In Jesus' name, amen. Big heading number one is the root of joy. I think we we, we can't talk about what it means to walk the path of joy or grab a hold of this joy that's been given to us without talking about the root of joy, and that's obviously Jesus. I love the line that pops up there in those few verses in Hebrews chapter 12 where it says, looking to Jesus. In a time where we can get our eyes and our focus and our perspective drawn elsewhere, drawn to the the holiday season, drawn to everything that must happen, drawn to, uh, to good things, sharing time with family, so often we can miss our perspective and in this moment, God is calling us again, would we look to Jesus? Would we look unto our Savior? And the word here, look, actually, in the Greek New Testament is interesting because it is the only time we see the use of this word, to look. We'll find other instances of to look and often meaning uh, to glance or to study or to look and to uh, contemplate. But the Greek word used here is, is exclusively used in this verse. And it actually means to stare in awe and admiration. It's not actually a moment where we look to Jesus and we try to dissect what's going on. It's a moment where we just see the glory of our Savior. 
A moment where we actually get to see that his glory was manifested in the midst of our mess. That actually he took on flesh, that he allowed himself to be made weak so that in his coming we could be made strong. So that in the temporary as he was weak, we could be made strong in eternity. I think there's a call for us to look to our Savior. And I love how it describes him as the author and finisher of our faith. That's important. We're going to get back to that. Hebrews chapter 12 will use this idea of human life as being an endurance race. A race that is run, but there is obstacles. There will be hills and mountains and sweat and tears and setbacks. And it's something that needs to be endured. But more importantly, there is an encouragement that it would be endured joyfully. And it points to Jesus as the example, knowing that he actually had run a race. That actually we are being encouraged to live a life that is full of faith, where we walk out this life and our focus matters. See, I really do believe this, that joy comes from a focus, not from a feeling. This is where the world gets it messed up. This is where the world believes it's happiness and that's what it's about. Let's run after that. No, no, we run after joy. And we don't do it by chasing feelings. We actually do it by focusing ourselves, focusing our eyes, focusing our perspective, keeping our eyes on Jesus as we run the race. I wanna ask us the question, are we focused on Jesus today? Are we focused on Jesus in the midst of this season? I don't want us to miss the root. I don't want us to miss that he is the joy of heaven. When we turn our eyes to Jesus, when we see that he had run his race, which had a clear purpose for 33 years, he would be born, he would take on flesh, he would live a sinless life, the life that we couldn't. And this is what many Christmas preachers don't talk about. They love the story of the baby Jesus. The baby Jesus plays well in this season. But we forget that Christmas means nothing unless you look forward to Easter. That actually in the midst of Jesus taking on flesh, it was for a purpose, that he would live a sinless life and that he would die so that he could pay for our sins. It's why this verse speaks of us laying aside every weight and sin that clings so closely. See, through the midst of our celebration of Christmas, through the midst of Christmas lunches and good things like gammon, we can't miss that there is this reality and danger, and the Bible calls it sin. The Bible talks about sin as our missing the mark, as us actually being ones who have misaligned our will with the will of God, that have misaligned our way with the way of God. And because of that, the Bible's clear that that is the sin that weighs us down, that drags us down, that actually is so heavy that we cannot carry it, we cannot bear it. But we've got a God who cares, who loves, who desires to see us saved, and so he will make a way out because he desires to bring us into an intimate faith relationship with him. And he points, the writer of Hebrews points to the example of how that gets endured, how that race must be run. And he says, look at how Jesus ran his. 33 years had a clear purpose. And he says he is the founder and perfecter of our faith. Understand, that's not something we can do on our own. Other translations will also include the finisher of our faith. It's all about 
Jesus, that he, as, he, he founds our faith, he will finish our faith, and he will perfect it, that it's actually based on his action, his sacrifice, not ours, that it's based on his strength and not ours, and that when we give our lives over to him, we run this race for him and him alone. And he shows how Jesus would run the race and how he would endure, because he actually says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. How on earth can we say that? How can we actually call something like the crucifixion joy? For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. It's probably one of the most sinister and brutal methods for execution that humanity has ever come up with. And yet, we say that there's joy there. See, I, I really believe that there's no, there's no joy. I think there's, I don't see the joy in being mocked. I don't see the joy in being beaten. I don't see the joy in the flesh of his body being ripped off. But what I do see in Jesus' joy on the cross is that he saw what it, what it would accomplish beyond the cross. That actually, it's what helped him endure, knowing that the cross would actually accomplish what God had set out for it, that it would be the means for our redemption. John chapter three speaks of it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Understand that joy is always fueled by love. It is always fueled by love because when we focus on love, we can endure all things with great joy. He saw the love that, that, that was on the other side of the cross. He saw the love that uh, would bring us into relationship, us into a redeemed relationship with our Father. And it's because of that that he would endure with great joy. Jesus is the root of our joy. He is the joy of heaven. It is all about him. We can never get that mixed up. In all the good of this season, in all the greatness of this season, in all the fun of the season, we can never miss that he's the root and that when we grab a hold of that root, when we're grafted into that root, we can walk this journey, we can run this race with endurance and we can do it joyfully. Leads me to the second big heading, which is the result of joy. I think there's three big results that come out of us diving in and grabbing a hold of the root of joy being Jesus. The first one is quite obvious, comes straight from our passage. I believe the first result of joy is our endurance and perseverance. This passage speaks of it, let us run with endurance. In another passage in James chapter one, it says, consider it pure joy, Pure joy, not half joy, not counterfeit joy, not sort of getting there. Pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. The first result of us walking this thing out, of us grabbing a hold of the gift of joy that is Jesus, is the resulting joy of our endurance and perseverance in this life. So it doesn't matter how dark things get, how uncertain things get, how shaky things get, we will endure because we've got Jesus. We will persevere because our faith is not based on what we have done, it's based in the founder and perfecter of our faith. Second result of joy is it helps us always choose Christ over comfort. And this is an important one because I think the big challenge whenever we begin to speak about trials or things that are difficult or things or seasons in our life where we need to endure and it's not comfortable 
we'll often get hit with, well, do we choose Jesus because we believe somehow he will deliver us into some sense of comfort or do we choose Jesus because Jesus is good enough alone? Do we choose Jesus because we believe that he is worthy of our worship or do we try and get the benefit that comes attached with it? Jesus is the gift. He's the gift to us, to all humanity. And if we simply seek the benefits, the blessings, the comforts, what comes along with the root, we're gonna miss out on the true gift. And that's him himself. If you're a parent, you'll know this, uh, this process quite well. If you have loved ones and you are getting ready to do a secret Santa tomorrow, uh, you'll know this quite well. Gift giving is a way we get to share and show our love. Can I get an amen on that? All the people who have like gift as love languages are like, yes, this is my time to shine. We share gifts where we get to show others our love and our care for them. But I think even the world will understand this, that a loving relationship will always act and show its affection and its love. But the love, the true value of the relationship is not in the stuff that is given, it's in the person and the relationship behind it. I don't think anyone has got that messed, messed up. I think people believe that the value must be always placed on the giver far more than the stuff. That we place our value on the person behind the gift and not just simply in the gift alone. Because if it's about the gift alone, something has gone wrong in relationship. If it's about what we get out, if it's about the benefit, if it's about the blessing only, then we've missed out on the true gift of relationship beyond that. The beauty of the joy that's given to us in Jesus is that he is not just the gift of joy to us, but he's the giver of that joy too. And so in Jesus, we don't just get the gift. We don't just get the blessing, the comfort. We don't get what comes along with it. The most important thing is that we get the giver. We get Jesus himself, that he actually will give himself to us. We get the giver and the gift for all eternity. I wanna wrap up with this final one. I, I, I had a goal and it was gonna be that this will be a quick preach today. The last result, as the band gets ready to join me on stage, the last result of joy, and this is an important one, I really believe that the joy of heaven actually helps us represent an unshakable joy. See, because what we receive from Jesus actually will help us in what, how we reflect Jesus. That actually as we've received love, we now get to reflect love. That actually as we have received truth, we get to reflect truth. That actually as we have received the joy of heaven, we now have the responsibility, the honor, the privilege to reflect that joy to a world who doesn't quite understand it. I was led to the end of this passage in Hebrews chapter 12. And I really do believe, uh, as, as you'll see, it is actually a, a, an eschatological prophecy. It's a big word. But basically, it is a prophecy of the end times. It's a prophecy of how this all will go down in the end. But I think it's such an important prophetic prophecy for us as a church right now. And the reason for that is I really believe that it is not just diagnostic for where we find ourselves uh, in, on the back end of 2021, getting ready for 2022, but I think it actually will speak of the setup that God has for us in what he will take us into in the future. This is what the prophecy says at the end of Hebrews chapter 12 in verse 26. 
It says, at that time, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of things that are shaken, that is, things that have been made, in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. Some quick points just to, to summarize and get you on, on the same page. This is uh, describing the end times. This is talking about a time where God will appoint a great earthquake, a great shaking that will actually end this world as we know it and call into consummation God's kingdom in eternity. It actually talks about that before that great shaking, God will have uh, some smaller shakings on the way, on the journey there, and they will get bigger in frequency and bigger in intensity. Almost, uh, and it always talks about it in end times language, it's like the world in labor pains. As a woman goes into labor pains waiting for a child to come, it's the signs of the time. And before the end of the age, God will offer mercy to us, offer up a way out, redemption through His Son, so that we can be brought into a kingdom that won't be shaken in that great shaking, because it is an unshakable kingdom. And therefore, the encouragement is to worship God, to worship Him with reverence and awe, knowing that He is a consuming fire. I think if we had to sum up 2020, 2021, a pretty good description would be a great shaking. Because it might not be the great shaking, but it's definitely a shaking. I don't think anyone or anything throughout these last two years hasn't felt the great shakeup of this time and period in history. Knowing the trials it brought, knowing the struggle it brought, but the amazing thing and the encouragement here in this prophecy is this, that God will use things like a great shake to bring our good and His glory. So that the things that could be shaken will be. The things that are not of Him, the things that are not of this world could be shaken loose and could fall away. So that what is left behind is all that God wants. If you're a miner, you will know there is filtration and refining processes where you will shake through a, a grid or shake through a filter so that you separate what is desired from what is not desired. You'll separate what is helpful from what is hurtful. I really believe we've gone through a time where this shaking has been effective, where everything that could have been shaken has been shaken, where everything that could have fallen apart has fallen apart. Whether it's false pretenses, whether it's false senses of security, whether it's false relationships, false faith, whatever it might be, it's been shaken apart. But we stand at the end of 2021 saying, actually everything that has stood will stand because everything that is left is unshakable because we've been called into an unshakable kingdom, that we've actually been called into a moment in time where God's kingdom will shine brighter than ever, where God's kingdom that is unshakable will look so desirable to a world that has been so shaken that we won't even understand it. 
I think the victory goes a step further when we realize that the joy of heaven is Jesus. That actually the joy of heaven is a ticket for us into the unshakable kingdom. And we get to now be representatives of that. Knowing that the world might be shaken, but he is not. Knowing that the world might crumble, but he won't. And I don't want you to mishear me receiving this unshakable kingdom does not mean we face no trial or things are easy this side of eternity. What it does mean is it gives us a deep abiding certainty, just as Romans 14 says, that whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord of both the dead and of the living. It means that, as it says in Hebrews chapter 13, here we have no lasting city, but we seek a city that is to come. A city whose builder and maker is God. That's what Hebrews 11 says. A city that cannot be shaken forever. As I wrap up, I want to encourage you. Maybe you're sitting there. Maybe you're standing there. Maybe you have your headphones in. I don't know what it looks like. But maybe today is a day that you need to grab a hold of the joy of heaven. Because I want you to know that the joy of heaven, Jesus, has grabbed a hold of you that He is the root of our joy, that He is the great news of great joy, that He came into a world, He took on flesh, He weakened Himself, He allowed Himself to be limited so that we could find strength in Him in eternity. And knowing that we have a world that is shaken, He calls us into a space and a place where He rules and reigns and His kingdom is unshakable. And if you're sitting in that space where you're feeling, hey, I've been shaken, I've been rocked, but I'm still here, I want you to know 2022, God has got something more. That He is the one who will carry us into the next season. But the ingredient He wants us to walk into it with is the joy of heaven. Father God, as we prepare our hearts to sing and to worship and to lift you up in song, it's really my prayer that as we have looked at the joy of heaven, that we would understand that that is not something that comes from our circumstance, that is not something that comes from the outside, that is a gift you have given on the inside so that whatever chaos or darkness may reign, it will never be killed. That whatever shaking is on the outside, there is an unshakable strength within us because it is you. Jesus, it's my prayer that you would deposit the joy of heaven in each one of us again. It's my prayer that you would grab a hold of hearts. Lord, I know there might be those right now who have never stepped into that faith relationship with you. Lord, it's my prayer that on this day, we would look to Jesus. We would look with new eyes, that we would step into relationship, that we would answer your call and answer your invitation, that we would grab a hold of a life that is lived with you, that we would endure this race that has been set before us and we would do it joyfully, not in our strength, but in yours. Would we grab a hold of the joy of the Lord that is our strength? Thank you for the gift of Jesus. Lord, Christmas is a great time. There is so much fun. There is so much benefit. There is so much uh, to be grateful and joyful for. But might we be the most joyful about Jesus? Might we keep our focus, our eyes, our attention, our hearts, our lives directed towards our great King, the King of the unshakable kingdom. 
And Lord, it's my prayer for us as a church on the, on the, the end of 2021, standing on the threshold of 2022, that you will take us into that unshakable kingdom, that you will call us to new spaces, new territories, new places, that as the ground has been shaken, that everything that needed to fall away has so that now we can walk forward into a new season with you. Would you be our strength? Would you be our light? Jesus, would it be all about you? We love you. You are so great. You are so powerful. We turn all of our hearts to you, our lives to you. We give all honor, all praise, all glory. Let's sing together.